to Real Estate Coaching Radio, America's number one trusted resource for realtors who demand authentic, real-time coaching. Starring award-winning real estate coaches Tim and Julie Harris. Get ready for unfiltered, full-strength honesty about what is truly working to get you into action and make you money in this new real estate boom. Now to our hosts, Tim and Julie Harris. Welcome back to Real Estate Coaching Radio. We are your host, Tim and Julie Harris, broadcasting live from Austin, Texas. Julie, welcome to today's show. Thank you. It's great. I'm looking forward to it. This is the continuation of a previous show, so I think we're going to have some fun with this. It's a critical skill that affects every single one of our podcast listeners, so I'm excited about right. it. Right. And so, yes, me too. And now uh, we've been receiving a lot of feedback from yesterday's radio show that we did with Michelle McClintock, one of our longtime coaching clients and also one of our coaches, about the state of the real estate market. And we were delivering you guys some information that maybe you haven't been exposed to. Um, just to give you a quick 30-second summary, there are reasons to believe that the, um, we are entering back into another or already in another recession and that the recession itself is going to have a uh, pronounced effect on the overall economy towards the end of this year, and housing is certainly not going to be immune. We gave you a lot of specific uh, factual evidence to uh, back up our claims and our assertions that at this point the main focus of all of you guys needs to be obviously on the core principles that we coach you towards, which is being of service to other people and really making as much money as you possibly can. So here's the takeaway. And, now, and we're going to do a series of shows on this because I know there's a huge interest in this. I think, you know, Julie, it's interesting. We track the statistics, right, the, the analytics of all the shows, what people listen to, what they don't, what they click, mm-hmm. what they don't, you know. And the mm-hmm. number of people that were interested in this particular topic was significantly more than, say, you know, normal shows. And that tells me a lot of people must intuitively be feeling that there's something kind of amiss in the economy. There's something you know, there's some, you know that, that's it, guys. If you've been in housing for as long as we have, and I know a lot of you guys have been through at least one recession like we have, you can kind of feel it. There's this sort of energy that's out there. There's this sort of, you know, mindset that's out there. Something, and, and the more experience you have in life, the more tuned in your intuition is and the more really, I think, trustworthy that intuition becomes. And the, the very fact that, you know, just not so long ago, not even 10 years ago, we've all lived through the worst housing crash in the history of America, we now are all of the mindset that, yeah, it could happen again. We're of the belief that, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if it happened again. And I think that when we were do- that show yesterday kind of, I think, really scratched a nerve with a lot of you who are feeling uh, that things are definitely not completely as they're being presented uh, in all the economic news you're maybe feeling it from your customers, you're feeling it in your own household, you're seeing it in your brokerage. Well, you're right, there is a change happening. We are, in, like I said, we are definitely either in a recession or basically going to be in a recession, and it's going to be a significant economic event in our lives. Maybe one of the most significant economic events, maybe even this is doom and gloom, but I'm hedging on both sides. Maybe it's going to be more significant than the last recession. They're calling it the Great Recession, whatever. And so this is going to be hypothetically and potentially uh, more significant, and I mean in terms of the destructive forces that are going to happen as a result of what's happening in the economy over the next 6 to 12 months are going to make the recession that we just all went through, which it feels like it's like I talked with Julie this morning. It's like, oh, my God, I don't even want to talk about this stuff. It seems like we just got through the last one, and here's another one. But you know what? The fact is, is we all have to hope for the best and be prepared for the worst. And so, again, we're going to do some radio shows in May, and we're going to talk about what you guys need to specifically be doing to prepare yourselves 
and what you could do to uh, take advantage. Like, I mean, a lot of you guys were smart, did take advantage of the buying opportunities that arose when the housing hit bottom, and you're going to have another opportunity like that now. And so you need to be thinking in terms of, well, where would I be today had I been able to be a bit, bit more strategic and knowing that there was a housing uh, bubble that was about to burst? What would I have done differently? What would I have not purchased? Or what would I have purchased? What would I have learned? What, what actions would I have taken? So that's where I want you guys to be mentally and emotionally, not in, not in fear, because that way when those opportunities do arise, you're not in shock. You're expecting them to happen, and you're prepared. That's what, that's what our message is all going to be about. And remember, you guys can make money no matter what direction the housing market is going. Now, this message, this recession that is pretty obvious, is not going to uh, affect everyone in the same way. Certain parts of the country, certain housing markets, even in the worst parts of the last housing crash, were essentially immune. There were pockets of housing all over the country that were hot sellers markets. <laughs> even when you know the news was the worst it had ever been, there are competing offers. When a lot of you have our, you know, we've been coaching you guys. You know, there's certain markets that are always going to be, you know, recession-proof in essence and depression-proof because there's certain characteristics about them that make them highly desirable. That's going to be true now as well. And remember also that the recession or any kind of depression, it doesn't, it doesn't affect everybody equally. And if you're prepared, if you know what to do, if you know how to essentially take advantage of the opportunities that are there, and remembering that your highest and truest purpose is of being of service to others, if you stay tuned into that frequency, you won't be essentially fearful of the economic downturn. You'll be, I'm not even going to suggest you're going to be welcoming of it, but you're going to be prepared for it. So it goes, you know, the old Boy Scout thing, right? Um, hope for the best, be prepared for the worst. Well, that's what I want you guys to do now. And, again, don't overreact. Don't freak out. Um, and tune in back to the radio show. Do some of your own homework on this. You know, go and start researching all this stuff yourself so that, you know, when we're talking to you about what to do, I'm not having to convince you that things are changing. You have already done that yourself. So make sure that you guys take away this message. Don't be intimidated. I'm not hyping anything. I'm not trying to scare you. I'm not trying to sell you anything. All I want to do is I want you guys to be in a position to take care of yourselves and your loved ones. And then this time around, during this recession, this is something that you guys are absolutely thriving through and you're not suffering, okay? I put the message out there. We're going to give you guys some drill down information on what to do um, starting probably next week. All right. On to lighter, brighter notes. Julie, do you have any emails to read? Um, <laughs> right? I, you know what? I didn't have anything te teed up. I always have something, but I've honestly been on – I've been torturing the coaches all day is what I've been doing. So I promise you a great email read on the next podcast. We've been getting a lot of really, really, really wonderful testimonial videos from all of our coaching clients. Yes. We've been posting those on Facebook awesome. and things like that. Got, yeah, I love those guys. I mean, if we haven't thanked you, Julie and I haven't thanked all of you personally for those. I think we're, you know, we'd st we asked, started asking for these like a month ago, and I think we've got 75, maybe 100 now. I don't know. But it's really, really wonderful to see you guys because we, you know, hear your voices, but we don't necessarily know what you look like. Uh, you know, in all cases, we've not met. In, in person, but it's really wonderful to, you know, it's honest, honestly, it's unbelievably rewarding for us to have the honor of being your coaches and at the same time hearing that what we're telling you, even though it's different than maybe what everyone else is telling you, is working in your market at such a high level. That's really exciting, and I really, honestly, I'm thrilled. I'm thrilled to see so many of you guys succeeding. I'm thrilled to see so many of you guys having such powerful mindsets. So, yeah, thanks. And send in more videos. We always appreciate them. And you can send those in to Gina at timandjulieharris.com. So, coaching clients, if you want to send in any videos, 
uh, we would certainly uh, welcome more testimonial videos. So, Miss Julie, let's pick up where we left off. And this was a pickup. Uh, see, the last, the first part of the show was a day or so, or to see, uh, three or four days ago. So, why don't you remind them of what this topic is all about? Yes, you got it. It's very critical for every single person listening. And the topic is find your conversational competence without being fake. Fact: No skill is more important than your ability to speak competently face to face. We talked about the addiction to texting and emailing and that that causes many of you to be conversationally insecure, conversationally incompetent, conversationally impatient, and even conversationally irritating sometimes because you're overly direct and you're overly, you know, emojiing people. Okay, so <laughs> your no skill is better than your ability to speak face-to-face. And I think we got through the first uh, 11 points, actually. So uh, I'm not going to go through all of those and summarize, but you can catch the previous podcast on the replays. We're going to jump into point number 12, how to be conversationally competent without being fake. So we're not talking to you about this whole fake it till you make it thing and that all you have to do is memorize scripts and then think about what your next script line is. We're talking about being real, keeping it real. One of my favorite points is that you don't have to learn techniques to look like you're paying attention if you are actually paying attention. (laughs) So that's one of my favorite ones from this from the previous podcast. But let's do number 12. Be brief. I love what Stephen Covey said, that a good conversation is like a miniskirt. Short enough to maintain interest, but long enough to cover the subject. Just blah is better than blah, blah, blah. Don't overcomplicate your speech just to fill the space. So point number 12, be brief and be clear. Like the miniskirt, short enough to maintain interest, but long enough to cover the subject. Good way to remember it. Point number 13, I know it kind of covers the uh, topic, right? So point number 13, they will forget what you – go ahead. It's just What'd funny to me that you chose that. But yeah, it's funny that you chose that point because well, that's like you don't even you'd never wear a mini skirt. So it's just funny to hear me hear you say no, that. So that's that, true. that was my chuckle. I try and give yeah. them things to help them remember. So um, yes. point number thirteen: they will forget what you said, but remember how you made them feel. Be compassionate. It doesn't take away from you; it adds to who you are. So remember, when somebody walks away, it's more important how you made them feel than the exact wording of what you said. How do you make them feel good? You pay attention. You use the rules that we're giving for conversational competence. Point number 14, Tim, when in doubt... Hey, hey Julie, follow, you, should oh, yeah. hover on, you, you should hover on sure. that point. Mm-hmm. That, that's really the how you make somebody feel point. That, that really mm-hmm. is incredibly profound. Um, and really, let's, let's talk about actors, right? Let's talk about people that you guys go to, maybe a pastor or a preacher. Julie and I listen to Joel Osteen. Let's talk about people that have positioned themselves to be influential in our society. The number one reason is, is when you hear them talk, they make you feel a certain way. They make you feel, uh, you know, they make you feel listened to. They make you feel uh, that they're being compassionate to your points. They make you feel connected to them. They make you feel excited in some cases. Like, you know, it's, it's interesting if you think of, again, like look at Tom Cruise. I don't even know how much money he gets per movie, 20 million, 30 million, who knows. You know, why? Why does he get so much money? Why is he paid so much? Why is he willing, why, why are people, why are movie theater, you know, why? Okay, well, here's the answer why. Because when you go to see a Tom Cruise movie, he makes you feel a certain way. 
why is Joel Osteen down in Houston? Why does he have, like, so many people going to see him for his services? It's like thousands of people on a regular basis go to see him for his services. You, if you want to go to one of Osteen's services, you have to get a ticket, okay? You don't just walk yeah. in. You have to get a ticket. And there's, there's waiting lists depending on the weekend, okay? It's because when you go to uh, listen to Joel Osteen, you guys can listen to him on the radio, too, on satellite radio. He makes you feel a certain way. Right? So that emotional connection that you have with folks, you know, that is where the secret sauce of communicating really happens. And when you go back and listen to our past radio shows on Real Estate Coaching Radio, we do talk a lot about that. You know, it all comes back to, you know, being present with the person, asking questions. It comes uh, down to listening to what they're saying and asking questions based on what they said. It comes down to you monitoring what you're thinking and noticing how often your ego wants you to dominate the conversation. You know, Julie did a really great series of outlines on essentially this very topic. Go back and listen to the past shows on Real Estate Coaching Radio. Well, if you can combine those things, which all of you can, with the fact that your goal is to make people feel a certain way, that's when you actually get a lot of um, incredible differences in your selling. So, for example, you're going to meet with a seller, um, and let's say you're a brand-new licensee, you have no skill set, <laughs> you know, you're one of our coaching clients, but you absolutely positively don't know how to present a thing. You are no reason whatsoever that you should get that listing. But if you have energy and enthusiasm and you're excited and they can see and feel that emotion that you have for their house and for the opportunity, they'll list it with you, even over the old grizzled veteran that basically has been doing it forever and sells 100 houses a day. You'll get that listing just purely based on how you made those people feel. Energy and enthusiasm, you know, essentially making someone uh, feel a certain way when you communicate with them, guys, that is a higher level skill that all of you can develop. What prevents you from doing that is, is, you know, there's a whole bunch of different things. Again, this is this type of thing that we help you in when you're in coaching. Uh, you know, work through in your mind so you guys can start, a, start cutting through your own malarkey about why you're not essentially hitting your goals in your life. And oftentimes, it's the tiny, tiny little things that can make all the difference. So we're talking about some sort of obtuse topics, you know, with regards to communicating. And Julie's going to get to her next point here in a second. And, and don't be overwhelmed or threatened by these topics because the re- reality of it is, is we're not asking you to learn Mandarin. We're asking you to change your approach by tiny, tiny, you know, single-digit amounts, 5%, 6%, 8%. If you just change how you're doing things just slightly, the world literally pivots on its axis for you. That's all it is. Most of you are very good. Most of you are good, and you can be great. That's really what it's all about. With those tiny, tiny, tiny little you know, tweaks to your presentation, t- tweaks to your communication style, you know, focusing on the other, just the things we talk about. I don't want to you know, get off topic because Julie's got a lot of uh, a great additional points. Julie? Yes. Okay, so you know, it does get down to when somebody had an appointment with you, or a phone call with you, and if I as head coach were to call that prospect and ask them how they feel right now, that's more of an indicator of the job you did than asking them what was said. So monitor yourself and ask yourself after every call, whether it's lead follow-up or maybe it's a listing presentation, how do you think that they felt when you left them? It's a really good indicator of your ability to be focused and be conversationally competent. Point number 14, when in doubt, Follow up immediately. Urgency shows that you're paying attention. And for most people, that's more critical than what you're saying. Delaying your response sends the message that you're too busy, you're too important, or you're just not interested. 
That is conversational competence, is calling back in the first place. Yes, I said calling or actually, you know, popping by, door knocking, showing up. Well, they texted me, so I'm going to text them back. Text them that you have 3 o'clock available tomorrow or 10 a.m. Saturday, which is best for them, and then be face-to-face. So when in doubt, follow up immediately. You know, this is a big thing, especially as agents get busier and busier, Tim, and they handle more and more business than they've ever had before. It becomes more of an issue. I know from the coaches and I know from myself calling some of you guys, (laughs) it's always funny from a coaching perspective. When we call to follow up on maybe a free coaching call or to schedule your next one-on-one call, and your voicemail is full, and then we finally talk to you and your issue is you'll say, I need more leads. Wait a minute. (laughs) How can your voicemail be full, but you're also saying that you need more leads? There's a disconnect there, right? So urgency makes a difference. And one of the things that the coaches teach is some of you guys avoid calling back immediately because you feel like you've got to know everything when you call someone back with the information or the answer to their question. Call them back to let you know that you got their message. Call them that you're on, tell them you're on top of it. Call them to tell them you're with another client, but you'll call them back at 5 o'clock this evening. Have some urgency. Otherwise, remember, the message that you're sending is that you're too busy, you don't care, you know, you're not interested, or you didn't even get their message. I always use the example, Tim, of you know, your active sellers. If they don't hear from you regularly, do they think good things or do they think bad things? Do they think you're out hunting down the buyer for your property or do they think you're just on the golf course? So lack of urgency causes your clients and prospects to make stories up about you, the alleged professional real estate agent who is allegedly helping them with their real estate goals. They make up stories about you. So get in front of that with following urgency. That's conversational competence. Does that make sense, Tim? It does. I mean, urgency is, a t- <laughs> urgency is another huge show topic, though, just in itself, right? Totally. I mean, yeah. People's mindset about urgency. Yeah. But, I mean, urgency when you're – yeah, exactly what Julie's saying. The, you have to think about – you know, guys, just be introspective. When you are trying to do business with a supposed professional and they don't return your phone calls and they don't essentially service you at the level that you would expect, I mean, what impression does that leave with you about them? mean that they're not interested, that they're too busy, they're disorganized, they're just all these negative things, right? There's no positive that comes from essentially, you know, not having immediate follow-up and not taking care of your immediate clients. And I know a lot of you guys have teams, and we're helping a lot of you guys form teams, and that's great. And one of the things that's different about one of the, you know, our founding philosophies of forming a team is one of the things you don't delegate, or really in essence the reason you have a team, is so you can stay in direct contact with your sellers, and you basically will keep that relationship because those seller relationships are the most important relationships. And if you take care of those sellers, um, even if you have your team working on all the details in the background, they will send you referrals. You'll have longstanding relationships. I mean, that's really a huge you know, difference between what we advise you guys to do and what everyone else does because we don't want you to delegate your sellers. That's, a, that's generally speaking, that's going to be a huge mistake. That lack of personal contact with you, you're the rock star. You're the one that they're, they're – you're the, you're the person on the sign. They want to do business with you. They have an expectation that they're going to do business with you. And when they don't have that contact with you, they are not going to want to continue to do business with you or let alone send you any referrals. So these are just the types of things that you guys can you know, take into consideration. Julie, next point. That's right. So point number 15, don't pontificate. When you're in person or on the phone – Put yourself in the mindset that you are there to learn something. 
this is not your blog or your Facebook page. That's where you can pontificate, and we had some discussion about that, and I still see people doing this about the whole political thing, be a Republicrat. Even on Facebook and on your blog, don't overdo it, but certainly not in person and not on the phone. It's not your Facebook page. You're there to learn from them. So keep yourself in a mindset of service. Make it more about what you can give than what you can get. You will always make enough money when you're doing the right thing for your prospects and clients. Being in a mindset of service. I once had a coaching client tell me that she had been struggling with calling expireds because in her previous mindset, it was all about her and how she was feeling, how they were making her feel, and how she was making herself feel. And it was all uncomfortable and it was difficult and blah, blah, blah. Once we had the conversation about being of service and changing your mindset, when you're doing your prospecting, your lead follow-up, things that maybe you're not in love with doing, you don't roll out of bed and pop up and go, all right, I can't wait to call for sale by owners. Okay, Nobody does, just to share that with you guys. <laughs> right? Nobody, I think that's right. Nobody does. Yeah. A lot of these guys make up you know, stories in their head that the best for sale by owner, unrepresented seller prospectors, that, that's like in their blood. They just love to do it. No, they just have a different you know, Julie, mindset about it. Go ahead. Well, that's a gr- but that's a great point, though, right? Calling, doing direct sales, call, speaking with people that can shoot you down and you know reject you, that sucks, okay? But that's called the job. <laughs> yeah. That's the doing what you Reality. don't want. That's called the doing what you don't want to do when you don't want to do it at the highest level. That's the way it works. It's the willingness to do it again when you don't want to do it at the highest level. That's what gets you the results from the momentum that you built. So just doing it every single day. Um, and, you know, whatever, you, a lot of you guys are great lead follow-up folks. A lot of you guys are getting your leads from different sources. A lot of you guys are working the phones, calling the unrepresented owners. You know, all that stuff's good stuff. You're, some of you guys are working probate. Some of you guys are working different aspects of the tons and tons and tons of opportunity everywhere you look. That's for sure. It's when it's the people that were willing to do that work on a consistent basis. Guys, it always is going to suck. just is. It'll never not be something you wanted, it, that you don't want to do. <laughs> you know, I could talk now. Psychologically, what happens is it becomes easier because you see the results from it, and so it becomes less uh, onerous to talk yourself into doing it every day. It becomes easy. It becomes maybe, dare I say, in some cases, fun because you know you're good at it. You know you can get and you're a getting better at it, and, it, and you're getting results. Right, right. And you're making money from yeah, it. Yeah, that helps. It's like. Li- it's like lifting weights or it's like losing weight or it's like anything like that. You can, if you can see the difference, it starts encouraging you to do more and more and more and more. Well, the, the, you know, any kind of skill-based thing is the same way. So, you know, maybe you're kind of hiding out from uh, talking to anybody other than your centers of influence and past clients. Maybe you're hiding out from talking to anybody that isn't a direct contact with you or a referral from a close friend or whatever. Well, why? I mean, get over that. That is behind – Behind that skill set is what you're looking for. It's not that difficult to obtain. It really isn't. It's actually fairly straightforward, fairly easy. It's the same conversation over and over and over and over again, and they always say the same thing. And you, you know, whether it's a lead follow and use our scripts, use the system, and everything starts to flow. You know, I, guys, at the end of the day, this business is a blessing. You know, regardless of what direction the market's going, it's a blessing. So, point number sixteen, Julie. And number 16, remember key points about your clients, prospects, friends, family, and acquaintances. This shows respect and being tuned in. Learn their kids' names, their pets' names, where they're from, what they do, and what's important to them. Some of you have had top producer for 15 years and never used these little note categories 
to help you be competent, to be conversationally competent when you actually call your past clients. How many of you don't make those calls because you're embarrassed that you don't know their kids' names, their pets' names, where they're from, what they do, or what's important to them? Get better at that. It takes like 30 seconds. When you go to a new meeting, maybe you're pre-qualifying a buyer, you're finding out more about them, helping them get on the path to buying something, jot down things that they say as you're talking to them. Your next listing presentation, before you go there, use the pre-qualification script so you actually know what their motivation is before you walk in the door. It matters. It shows respect. I mean, I'm always surprised, like, when I take the uh, French Bulldogs to the vet, and he says, how's little Zoe? I'm like, this is my vet forever. Like, who does that? You know, that's awesome. (laughs) Zoe, by the way, is our daughter, not a French Bulldog. Yes. Yeah, well, you, hopefully yeah, remembers we, yeah. their names too. But <laughs> she, she, yeah. she's our she's our yeah. Our Just to be bulldog. clear, that's our daughter's name. <laughs> the French bulldogs' names not, are not that's Zoe. That's true. Okay. I should have clarified. Yes, yeah. Louis and Ollie. So yeah, you know that that does make me feel more loyal to going to that vet. It just does. There's something about that that he you know he bothered to pay attention, and then the follow up got a message how's louie doing how are, how's that you know the new drug he's on working out for him how's he feeling so remembering those little tiny key points can go so far you know when you call after a listing that you didn't list on the spot and you remember these little things to ask the seller and the other two people they interviewed a didn't bother to follow up and b didn't bother to learn anything or write anything down who do you think is going to take the listing? The person who actually paid attention. Remember, you don't have to fake paying attention if you're actually paying attention. So write down these key points. We had 16 altogether between the different podcasts that we did on this. And I'm sure that most people, there's certain things that resonate and other things they are like, yeah, I, I've stopped myself from multitasking during conversations. I don't do that anymore. I'm good with that. But maybe the next point where selling is not telling, it's asking questions and actually listening to the answers Maybe that's something you can identify that you've learned your scripts. That's great. But you get stymied when you actually get an answer to a scripted question. That's the next stage when you're learning scripts is actually being able to deal with having answers to your questions. So maybe that's your issue. Maybe you're somebody that feels like you have to BS in conversations because you don't actually know enough about your market yet and you're always feeling like you're behind on that. Well, learn that script we gave you under the previous podcast. That's a great question. I'll get an answer for you and let you know later today. Stop your BSing, some of you. Okay? So probably not all 16 points for every single person. Maybe there's just two or three that really resonated with you to make you a better conversationally, uh, more competent at your conversations. But these are things for all of us to work on. And I really think that texting and Facebook and email and all these things that cause us to abbreviate and be succinct and use emojis and all this stuff. I think that that's definitely affected people. The coaches complain to me, Tim, quite frequently that, and they're always saying it's the millennials, but I think it could be anybody that's technologically addicted, are doing things like negotiating deals over text. That's not okay. You're going to get in trouble over that at some point. Um, somebody told me that I think there was, I, I want to say one of the big brokers I was in a lawsuit over somebody trying to negotiate everything in text that didn't work out. So be careful with that. Well, be conversationally it, but, competent. Go ahead. Right. But if it's negotiated in, in text and then you come back and it's basically finalized on paper, what you're referring well, to is people basically <laughs> tried to hold, yeah, people tried to hold uh, a text as some sort of legal contract, which is exactly. you know, crazy. Yeah, so no, like would you accept this price and pay a million dollars for this house? 
and the seller gets back or the buyer gets back whether on sitting on the fort, you know, the 101 in LA. Yes, boom, we have a contract. And then he tells the other no. agent, we, we have a contract. No, that is not a contract. So, in any event, but you know, Julia, don't you think societally, uh, I personally get the feeling intuitively again that there is a shift that where people are honestly getting burned out on taking all these shortcuts to communicating with other people, honestly getting burned out on the lack of connectiveness, the true connectiveness with people, the Facebooking and the this and that and the other, it is becoming a uh, real deterrent towards forming real lasting relationships. And I, our top agents, these are the agents that, you know, the guys that are that we feature on the webinars that we do, the, the, you know, the, the training events that we do uh, a couple times a week. Those are the kinds of guys you want to listen to, you know, the Frederick Ecklins and the, you know, the, the Jades in L.A. and the, you know, these top agents in New York and these top agents in Miami, the guys that are coaching clients and superstars. They're getting away from that type of communication. They're picking up the phone more often. Now, they're doing it strategically. They're doing it as a way to differentiate themselves in the eyes of their customer because the customer, you know, they're showing that they deliver that extra level. That's a small little 5% difference between what you're doing and what you could be doing that obviously makes a huge difference. So just keep all those things in mind, guys. You know, how, uh, getting back to the original uh, you know, premise of yesterday's uh, radio show, and I talked about a little bit on top of today's radio show, I want you guys, again, especially coaching clients, I want you to really be not overreacting but tuning in to the information we're going to be sharing with you about the shifting market. Um, it's still going to be an incredible market. It's still going to offer more opportunities than most of you guys can even possibly fathom. The opportunities are probably just going to be different than what you're, just, what you're anticipating. Have an open mind. We're going to get you there. We're going to tell you everything that you need to know to make it so that you experience an absolute huge, you know, personal economy, no matter what's happening in the overall economy, that your future is bright no matter whether or not other people are paying attention or not. Stay tuned into us, and we're going to tell you the exact steps to take. You know, a little bit of it's going to be on the personal side for you. A lot of it's going to be on the professional side for you. And we're going to tell you how to position yourself now over realistically the next six months to take advantage of the opportunities that are going to be around the bend. And I'm going to give you guys a spectrum. I'm working on all of this so I can, you know, do, frankly, a really professional job preparing you guys. We're going to give you a spectrum from a mild recession all the way to a full-blown depression. And we're going, to sh- we're going to show you guys essentially the differing effects and how bad it gets on what effect that will have on housing and where the opportunities will be and what skill sets will become really important. Like if you're in a super strong seller's market right now and, you know, the market's really, really strong, new construction coming online, maybe you don't want to know how to do distressed stuff. No, short sales aren't for you. But if you're one of these markets that's obviously going to transition – I'm thinking about downtown Austin, to be honest with you. There's way over building. I'm thinking about a lot of Dallas. I mean, I'm thinking about my home state here. Uh, Houston. Okay, guys, get this. Here's an interesting statistic for you about Houston. There were more homes built in Houston, more homes sold, rather, in Houston last year. I believe it was last year uh, than all of California. Okay? Now, why? Houston was, you know, obviously energy, oil, gas, uh, drilling, all the rest of it. Well, How's that doing now? What's that going to happen to that, what, that housing market? What do you think is going to happen? Well, guess what? We have 
hundreds of great coaching clients down in Houston, and there, and the, those who are tuned into what we're talking about, have been telling me and telling their coaches that they're seeing an increase in folks that are basically talking about having to do short sales. We're seeing an increase in you know BPO orders that are going into those particular areas. Those are the things that I pay attention to because those are the very early, early warning signs that there's a shift happening. And I'm seeing all the same early warning signs that we did back in 06. So again, please stay tuned in. We're going to give you the information you need to have. We're going to deliver it in a practical way so you can take action on it. won't be confusing. You won't feel like anything's going over your head. If anything, I'll probably overly simplify it for my sake, not for yours. And then you guys will you know, have the confidence that you need to really thrive in whatever's next. All right? So in the meantime, if you need us for anything, remember, always email us directly, tim at timandjulieharris.com or julie at timandjulieharris.com. And we want to remind all of you, one of the core products, the absolute must-have things every one of you should have is Mojo Cells. Mojo Cells is a recession-proof, must-have tool that all of you have to have as part of your business. Definitely look into our friends over at MojoCells.com. In the meantime, we'll talk with you on the radio tomorrow. This program has been a presentation by Tim and Julie Harris, Real Estate Coaching. For more information on our real estate coaching and training programs, visit our website at timandjulieharris.com. Remember to tune in weekdays at noon for upcoming shows. And until next time, thank you for listening to Real Estate Coaching Radio with Tim and Julie Harris. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.